No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see if we will rise to the occasion and if we will show the whole world that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you are tuned into His Hardline. Welcome. Glad to have you all here. Don't forget to check out the website, www.hishardline.com. This is the only place where you're going to get God and Jesus Christ mixed in with a little true history of America, mixed in with instructions on how to assemble your nation. We're here to implement solutions that will help restore this republic. But most importantly, we're also here to help America and the rest of the world to invite Jesus Christ into their heart. It's time to take back our nation. It's time to take back our world, ladies and gentlemen. And you can find us here six out of the seven days a week. So be sure to share this with your friends and family. Don't forget, don't forget. Sovereignty itself is, of course, not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. Welcome to His Heart Line, ladies and gentlemen. Let's get started. <laughs> yeah. Let's get rocking. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good evening, good afternoon, and good morning, wherever you're at in the world. I am Jason, your co-host, with God at my side, because he is the host, he is the captain's chair, he is the one behind the wheel, therefore he is steering this ship through these crazy waters that we call life. So welcome, glad to have you all here today at His Hard Line. Welcome. This is episode 416. We will be doing a reading out of Isaiah chapter 50, and today's topic later on will be health is wealth. So we're going to take a little short break from the Constitution. We will return tomorrow uh, talking about Article 4 in the Constitution. We will continue reading that, but I figure we take a little break, maybe switch it up a little bit, get away from the Assembly, because part of my resetting of what I want to do this year going forward is... Not, I mean, look, the assembly is very important, and I'm going to continue talking about the assembly. I'm going to continue looking at the documents. I'm going to continue reviewing and putting out and rereading the JCO and different things like that and the contempt of the Constitution and all these important things that are very relevant to restoring our republic. However, it's very important that we keep these three things in order. God, family, country. God, family, country. because. God, obviously, for obvious reasons, has to come first. What? God always has to come first. I mean, that should be a given, right? God has to be centered at everything we do, has to be centered around, you know, in our marriage, centered around how we parent at work. And so it's so important that we have God centered everywhere in our life. That's numero uno and the most important priority in our life. Now, the second thing that we want to focus here is the family. Because again, a strong family, and you can see a lot of references in you know of this in the war manual, um, the field training manual 2000-25 that was released by the War Department, and you'll see various uh, you know entries in there regarding about how a strong family unit is very relevant to a strong America, and so we here at His Heart Line are going to be emphasizing. Um, I'm going to be talking about some different testimonials. I try not to get too personal about my life, but you know what? I figured at the end of the day, you know, my wife and I, we're in a very awesome spot in our marriage. Uh, we keep saying and reminding ourselves just how you know blessed we feel that we are at where we are at in our marriage. And we're so glad. I mean, we are more in love now than we ever used to be. And not to sound all mushy mushy or anything like that, but, you know, that's all because of God. 
and I'm going to put all the glory and all the gratitude and all the credit to him. I didn't do squat and neither did she. All we did was ask, submit our life over to him and said, please be in our marriage. Please be in our home and please restore us. And guess what? He has done just that and he's continuing to do that. So we're going to continuously talk about family talk about my own testimonies. Maybe we can get some people on here talking about how God has moved them in their marriage. Um, but, you know, I'm seeing a, a very dangerous trend right now. And I'm seeing, I tell you, Satan is getting in the middle of a lot of marriages right now. And I just, today I had a, a, a co-worker of mine slash friend. I actually would call him a friend as well, not just somebody I work with. But, you know, if you knew him, and I'm going to keep his name silent and, you know, uh, anonymous, but he trained me when I first uh, started working uh, where I'm at. And um, if you knew him, he's not the type of guy. He, he believes in God and he, you know, goes to church. He's got, uh, you know, quite a few kids. And, you know, anyway, you know, wife has a stay-at-home mom. And so today he just kind of popped up right behind, beside my semi. And I opened up my driver, you know, door and opened up. And he kind of climbed up to the stairs and his eyes kind of looked a little bloodshot, a little bit watery and I was like, what's going on, man? He goes, you know, I'm going to say something that normally would never come out of my mouth. And I said, okay. He said, I need you to pray for me. I said, done. I didn't ask him for what. I didn't ask him why, because it's none of my business. I figured if he was going to tell me, he's going to tell me. But he tell me, he said, you know, um, my wife, you know, wants, you know, she, she basically gave me papers for a divorce and, uh, you know, this was like a week ago. And, and so my heart just sunk for him because, you know, everything that he's kind of been going through to a degree, uh, you know, we went through my wife and I did now his circumstances are, you know, a little bit different, but, you know, <clears throat> been dealing, you know, and, and seeing what he's dealing with, it's, it's very all too familiar terrain for me. So, um, I feel really bad for him, but you know, right then and there, I said, come, you know, so I shut the truck off. I put my hand on his shoulder and, uh, you know, we said a prayer right then and there. And after I was done, I said, look, we will continue to keep you in our prayers. I said, you'll make it through this. So I guess I say all that to say this, we are going to talk about a strong emphasis on how and why the family is so important. I, like I said, I could talk all day about the assembly. I could talk all day about the constitution and the Magna Carta. I can explain why we need to assemble and why it's so relevant and how that's how we restore our republic. But we cannot have a strong America without having a strong family. And this is why these socialists, these communists, these little evil satanic pieces of scumbags around the world, these elitists try to push out God and they try to destroy the family because they know if they can push out God and get rid of the Bible and destroy the family, they understand that they can get rid of morality and ethics and, and, a, and a strong spiritual uh, code in those families. And then this way, it makes it easier for them to have world domination, take over a nation, take over a country. So again, we're going to keep these in priority, God, family, country. God has to come first ahead of all things in order to have a strong family. And you have to have a strong family in order to have a strong nation. So that is where we are going to be focused on going forward in this show. And with a strong family and having, you know, God at the center of everything and being in the assembly, it's also very important to keep up your health, which is one of the reasons why I think I would like to touch on, you know, maybe do like a health is wealth kind of thing. Because I tell you what, I'm not an expert and no, I'm not a doctor. I have to make sure I put that out there. Okay. I am not a doctor. I don't wear a white coat. I don't play one on TV. None of that nonsense. I'm not an investment advisor. I'm not a scientist, pastor, priest, none of that. And no, I am not the spokesman for the, for the national assembly. I am just a man who does his research. I do my reading. I apply what I learn. And if results, I rinse and repeat. Wash, rinse, repeat. And so my goal here is to serve all of you, to share my testimony, to share what we have going on here, to put out good education and information regarding the assemblies, reading the word of God, but at the same time, putting out testimony of how God has worked within our marriage and in our family and how I have gotten myself to lose 49 pounds. And uh, yes, when COVID happened, I gained that some of that weight back. So I am back on the trend of losing all that again, doing intermittent fasting for 20 hours and leaving a four hour eating time, you know, window for eating. Um, I'm starting to get back in that trend. It's very easy for me to jump into that because my, my body can get right into being fat adaptive. So we're going to be covering a lot of very important things that's very relevant that a lot of people neglect. And it seems like a lot of people neglect their health. They neglect their family and probably not by choice, but just because life happens and that 
tends to be an, an unfortunate, you know, um, unintended consequence. So let's dive right into the reading and then we'll get into the other side of the discussion here with the health as wealth. Cause I got some sound pieces I want to play and I got some stuff that I want to read because there's this awesome book that I actually recommended my doctor, uh, old doctor. I don't see this doctor anymore. In fact, I don't go to, I try not to go to the hospital at all, but the old doctor that I had, you know, when I lost the 49 pounds, no longer can we rely this, I tell you, I tell you this, that right there, just straight up annoying. All right, we're going to lower the volume in case that wants to do that again. I cannot stand whoever is doing that better knock it off. All right. But anyway, but what I was saying, though, is the old doctor that I had when I lost the weight and lowered my cholesterol and did all the good, you know, my oh, blood no, work looked perfect. People. He asked me, he goes, what do you do? Like, would you do? And I, and I told him all the books I read and he asked me for a list of the books. So some of the stuff I'm going to be referencing is going to be out of this book called Effortless Healing by Dr. Joseph Mercola. You probably heard of him. Very, very good book. So we're going to get into that. But first, let's get into the reading. So today we'll be reading chapter uh, Isaiah chapter 50. All right. It's a very short chapter. It's only mm, 11 verses. And then we'll get into just a breakdown of, of the uh, of the uh, scripture here. So and I'm reading out of the New American Bible revised edition. OK, so this week, for some reason, I feel compelled to read out of that version. Some of you might be following along in the NIV NS, you know, AB, so on and so forth. ESV. That's fine. Generally, we'll have the same message. It says, thus says the Lord, where is the bill of divorce with which I dismissed your mother or to which of my creditors have I sold you? It was for your sins you were sold, for your rebellions your mother was dismissed. Why was no one there when I came? Why did no one answer when I called? Is my hand too short to ransom? Have I not the strength to deliver? See, with my rebuke, I dry up the sea. Excuse me. I turn rivers into wilderness, their fish rot for lack of water and die of thirst. I clothe the heavens in black and make sackcloth their covering. The Lord God has given me, the Lord God has given, uh, let's see where we at here. Yeah, the Lord God has given me a well-trained tongue that I might know how to answer the weary. A word that will awaken them. Morning after morning, he wakens my ear to hear as disciples do. (sighs) I got to get to the bottom of this. The Lord God opened my ear. I did not refuse, did not turn away. I gave my back to those who beat me, my cheeks to those who tore out my beard, my face I did not hide from insults and spitting. The Lord God is my help. Therefore, I am not disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint knowing that I shall not be put to shame. He who declares my innocence is near. Who will oppose me? Let us appear together. Who will dispute my right? Let them confront me. See the Lord God is my help. Who will declare me guilty? See they will all wear out like a garment consumed by moths. Who among you fears the Lord? Heeds his servant's voice. Whoever walk in darkness without any light, yet trust in the name of the Lord and rely upon their God, all you who kindle flames and set flares alight. Walk by the light of your own fire and by the flares you have burnt. This is your fate. From my hand, you shall lie down in a place of torment. And that is the reading of Isaiah chapter 50. Let me do something here for a second because sometimes... Just closing out some windows. I can feel this thing wanting to wind up and do its stupid thing. I tell you, this gets very annoying sometimes, guys, you know. Uh, And unfortunately, you know, there's a thing called uh, limited resources and time to be able to have these things, you know, to battle these kind of things. But, uh, you know, we'll, we'll we'll move forward. We'll get past this. I don't, you know, I don't know what's going on here. Hold on one second. Yeah, I definitely need to get myself a stronger, more powerful computer because this thing's fan is just gearing up for whatever stupid reason. Okay. Let me just shut down a few things here just to help it out. So verse by verse commentary here. So God challenges, as we look at verse one, so God challenges Israel to consider why they're not close to him. God has not rejected them as the previous 
chapter states, now God will never forget them, but is instead constantly watching over them. Now, if one is removed from the fellowship with God, it is by one's own choice and not by God's desire. Now, even though one may feel like God has divorced one, he is still right nearby waiting to save one from one's distress and taking another away. And it is never God who changes, but instead man who changes and abandons God. And that's pretty much what we're seeing today in our, you know, what we have been seeing over the last several decades in this nation. Uh, you know, we're seeing man abandon God. And that is pretty much one of the, probably the biggest reasons why we're seeing the problems that we, you know, we're facing today. But we need to remember that God never abandons us, but he will allow someone to walk away from him and reap what one has sown. It's very important that people, you know, grasp that concept. See, oftentimes when things happen, people think, oh, God's, God left me. No, he didn't leave you. He's just letting you make the choice through your own free will to walk away from him. And he's letting you figure it out the hard way. He's trying to let you learn the lessons the hard way. Okay, go ahead, go on your own and see what happens in a life without me. So as we look at verse two, God comes seeking mankind. So he continues to stand by in the meeting place to wait for those who once had fellowship with him. And he comes to meet with man, but no man will come to meet with him. So Jesus says that he stands at the door knocking. And you can see that in Revelations, referenced in Revelations 3.20. And he desires to come in and have fellowship with you. But nonetheless, you must choose to open the door to let him in. And fellowship with God takes both parties seeking one another, just like in a marriage, takes both parties. It's not a one-sided thing. God is doing his part, but regrettably, most of man is oftentimes not doing his part. And so feeling, failing to seek God, one may begin to believe that God is unable to come to meet them where they're at. And so on the contrary, though, the truth is that, you know, you may be able, you know, you may be unable to go meet God because of where you think you're at. But instead of blaming God for your, you know, your own situation or your own condition, you know, you need to accept responsibility. And if one accepts responsibility for their own actions and confesses them to God, well, then he is faithful and just, you know, and just to forgive one of one sin. And then that is when fellowship with God will resume. So alternately, one should not feel hopeless believing that there is no help. If one trusts in God, then his hand is not too short to pick one up no matter how far away one is from him. And so as we look at verses 3, 4, 5, and 6, where we're talking about the imagery of the blackness of the sackcloth, and it demonstrates that God is grieved by the lack of fellowship. And so God has given Isaiah a gift of speech so that he will be able to help those in need. And while words are like an untamable beast that can cause great harm, words, when properly placed, can heal and strengthen. That's why I always emphasize the importance of words here. And God awakens Isaiah for one purpose, to have open ears to know when to speak strength to the weak. And so Isaiah is faithful to the, fulfill the purpose of God in his life. And even when it caused him rejection, ridicule, physical injury, Isaiah still refuses to cease from proclaiming the message that God has given him. He presses forward. And all believers have that same responsibility to stand their ground in performing God's commandments in life, period. And so as we look at 7, 8, and 9, verses 7, 8, and 9, talks about how the believer has the strength to continue to follow God's will in the face of oppression and even death because God is with his people. Now, although he may not deliver one from persecution, God will justify and edify those who are faithful to him and the wicked will be destroyed and the persecutors will wax old and weak. And so the believer, however, is able to stand together with the everlasting, all-powerful God. This verse ultimately has two implications. First, it, it is a promise that every servant of God walks in light. And Isaiah encourages people to come out of their darkness and accept God because those who faithfully cling to him will be freed from that darkness. Amen.
The second thing is that a person may have accepted God and decided to follow him, but still lives in that darkness. So Isaiah encourages those who have not yet accepted the fullness of God to step out of their darkness and cling on to God. Now, as we look at the last two verses, 10 and 11. So verse 10 has two implications as well. And the first one is a promise that every servant of God walks in light. Again, Isaiah encouraging people to come out in the light and accept, you know, out of the darkness and accept God because those who faithfully cling to him will be freed from that darkness. And, you know, basically just like, you know, verse nine, you know, the second thing is that, you know, they have to accept God. They have to come out of that darkness. Now, as we look at 11, opposed to, to relaying, relying on God, people seem to try to create their own light, right? People seem to think they can rely on their own understanding, their own knowledge, their own strength, therefore creating their own light and be guided by their own light. But there's a problem. That spark is inconsistent. It's not a guaranteed light. Why? Because, well, you're a man. You're a God's light is always shining consistently and brighter than anybody can. You can't outshine God. I mean, that's the bottom line. And so God challenges such people to try to make their sparks into a fire and build a consistent, sustainable source of light for their lives. But truth be told, they will be unable to do so. And so for their lives will only be filled with sorrow. It's no wonder so many people walk around here with, you know, big gaping holes in their heart because, you know, they buy all these toys and these cars and big fancy houses and designer clothes and they're doing this and they're doing that and they're vacationing here, vacationing there, but yet they're still feeling unfulfilled. The lost, while they may appear to be filled with riches, joy or understanding are really still alone. They're lonely, they're miserable in their souls because they have relied on their own light instead of being filled by the driving light of God. So very important. And yet there's still so many people that try to rely on their own light. They try to rely on their own understanding, their own knowledge, strength. You got to step outside of yourself. And there's a lot of people that have a hard time doing that. There's a lot of people that have a hard time stepping out of themselves setting aside their ego and their pride. Because again, you can't outshine God. You can't outgive God. You can't outrun God. You can't set limits on God because let me tell you what, he's going to show you otherwise. That's one of the biggest missions we have over here at his hard line. And I, and, and, you know, that I, I guess you could almost say that this is kind of almost like a, a in, an informal ministry because, you know, while we talk everything assembly over here, the biggest thing that I want to make sure people really get on a daily basis, and that's why I had segments called 1% with him, is because it's so important to at least spend a minimum of 15 minutes a day with our Lord and Savior, reading some verses out of the Bible and spending some time in prayer. Nobody knows how to do that or nobody even takes the time to do that. Why? It doesn't take that much time. 15 minutes out of a 24-hour day. Is that really a whole lot of time? Hmm? So, one of the biggest things that we try to strive for over is to help people through testimony, through my personal stories, and maybe eventually down the road, if somebody feels compelled to share their testimony of how God works so miraculously in their life, especially with restoring the family or their marriage, maybe we'll set aside you know, 10, 15 minutes so you can share that story. Because at the end of the day, like my buddy Aaron with his ministry that he has called Line in the Sand, where he helps men break away from the, you know, the bondages and the, and the shackles of, of, of pornography and, and how it destroys marriage. He himself also has a great story. There's another one I want to have back on. He's been very busy, of course, too, and has had some family uh, health issues I think he's been dealing with. But I think we want to have him back on. 
So again, that's the order we're going to be focusing on in that order specifically. We're going to obviously always read scripture first. So that's God. And if applicable, depending on the episode, we'll be discussing things related to family and how restoring the family and having a strong family unit is so important. And a lot of having that strong family unit involves having a healthy body temple that God gave us. We have to take care of our body temple. So we're going to focus on health. And then third is country, where we talk everything assembly, historical documents, how we restore the republic, and so on and so forth. God, family, country. Okay. And we got all that out of the way. We're going to take a quick little short break, and then we're going to continue our discussion on the other side here. I'll be right back. So I have a few selling pieces I don't want to play here. And then uh, I got a couple things um, that I kind of want to read out of this book, a couple excerpts. I'm not going to read the whole thing to you, obviously, but I'm going to be re- referencing this book, Effortless Healing by Dr. Joseph Mercola. Um, it's a great book. It says nine simple ways to sidestep illness, shed excess weight and help your body fix itself. And let me tell you something. I'm, I know I've explained this story before. I've shared this story before. But like I said, long story short, I lost uh, before COVID. I had lost, you know, 49 pounds because I just stuck to real food. I stayed away from the processed garbage, the muffins, the cookies, the cake and all that other crap. And um, but um, I I ended up going to the doctor to get my annual physical and the doctor from the previous year, he knew that, you know, I was elevated in weight and all my blood work kind of sucked. And he basically said, would you do differently? I said, well, I just started eating real food, kept it at real food, um, saturate my veggies with butter and salt and, and, uh, stayed away from the crap processed sugar, carbs, you know, breads, stuff like that. He goes, well, what do you predominantly eat? And I said, well, a lot of eggs and bacon. Well, how much eggs and bacon do you eat? Or bacon? He asked, he, he asked, specifically asked, he goes, well, how much bacon do you eat? So I don't know, about a pound a day, maybe three to four times a week. A pound a day, he says. I'm like, yeah. He goes, how is your cholesterol lower? I'm like, doc, I got a lot of news for you. Everything they teach you in medical school isn't what it's supposed to be. I said, I got a lot of books by some MDs that actually study this and everything that you're taught in the mainstream, you know, of medical school, you only get, and I think if I recall correctly, only 36 to 40 hours in that, what, 10, 12 years of medical schooling, you only get 36 to 40 hours of, of education on the subject of nutrition and how proper nutrition can actually fix the body. But remember, hospitals... And doctors can't make money off healthy people. They can't. They make money on sick people. Kind of makes you wonder, maybe that's kind of one of the reasons why they want people to get the jab, because they know the jab will keep people in a state of illness and constantly being in and out of the ERs, and they can constantly push their pills and constantly push this and push that, because again, sick people make profit for big pharma and the hospitals. Bottom line, pharmacopoeia, it's all witchcraft. It's all the devil's potions and crap like that. They want us sick. So that's one of the biggest reasons why my wife does research. And like I said, I got sick just a few couple weeks ago and we were able to knock that out in about four days compared to three weeks to four weeks. One thing I want to play here These are five things that a cardiologist would never recommend. So listen to this. Very interesting. Five things that I would never do as a cardiologist. Number one, tell people to avoid eggs. 
Big, big, big mistake. Eggs are a cocoon for a baby chicken. It's like a multivitamin. Eggs are phenomenally healthy. Don't worry about the cholesterol in eggs or any other food. Cholesterol is healthy. Don't believe the propaganda. Number two, I would never tell people to stop drinking coffee. Coffee is fantastic for cardiovascular health. Less AFib, less heart attacks, less strokes. People live longer. If you don't do well with coffee and caffeine, don't drink it. For everybody else, feel free to go ahead. Number three, I would never tell people to eat oatmeal. Oatmeal is just, again, pure propaganda. The Quaker Oats Corporation, Kellogg's, Nabisco, and others. Oatmeal is for, for horses, maybe, probably not even for horses. It's not really for human consumption. We do not eat, need it. It's not part of our ancestral diet, hunter-gatherer diet, all propaganda. Don't believe it. Number four, I would never tell people to go low fat. Fat is super healthy, polyunsaturated fats, seafood, animal products, eggs, even raw dairy is a fantastic source of fat. Nuts and seeds are fat. Olive oil is pure fat. Everybody knows olive oil is healthy. So again, never follow any kind of low-fat recommendations. Again, 1970s propaganda. The medical doctors follow through with it because the medical doctors have no idea about nutrition. And number five, I would never tell people to see a traditional doctor who's not looking for the cause. We have to look for the cause of why you have palpitations, coronary artery disease, atrial fibrillation, high blood pressure, abnormal cholesterol, had a heart attack or a stroke, whatever it may be, we always tell people to look for the cause. Those are the five things that I would never do as a holistic cardiologist. Yep. And you know, it, it's no wonder, <clears throat> it's no wonder that they look at chiropractors, by the way, as you know kooky doctors right which doctors it's like well they try to discredit them you ever notice that how regular mainstream doctors they try to discredit chiropractors well chiropractors little do most people realize and my I've, i learned this just by my wife going to her chiropractor and she's got a good one when you're when your system is out of alignment and you get realigned it fixes so much from your digestion to, you know, if you're, especially for females, if you don't, you know, have irregular, you know, um, periods or menstrual cycles, whatever you want to call it, you know, it can actually make those get back in line and, and maybe not be as intense, especially if, you know, some, cause I know some women can be worse than others. I mean, that's, that's pretty crazy too. Um, you know, like my wife, she just put here in the chat, your nervous system is attached to everything. And this is something that we learned from her chiropractor and he's amazing. And so she has felt significantly better in a lot of different areas just by going to him. And before, check this out. Now, I never thought of this before, but before she started going to him, he required a very in-depth blood panel. He needed blood work. So he knew exactly what he was dealing with with her physiology of her body. I was like, wow, I'm like, that is really impressive. There's a reason why they try to discredit these, these chiropractors because the chiropractors get to the root of the problem. They don't just prescribe you pills and, and, and pharmacopoeia medications and spells and potions by Big Pharma. Now, check this out. I can't remember what this guy's name is, but you see him a lot. He's a healthy guy, um, but he, he, uh, he goes around and he kind of talks about different products and what to avoid. But this is very interesting. I call this video the CVS fat trap. Listen to this. I'm at CVS, but like any drugstore in the United States, up front, they give you candy, cookies, cakes, tortilla chips to make you fat, diabetic and unhealthy. And in the back, they give you pills to treat all those diseases. Check this out. Blue heat Takis, all sugar. Look, they even got some seed oils in uh, CVS. How convenient. Oreos, we love those. Eventually, we'll get to the pharmacy, and here we arrive at the pharmacy where you can get all the medications to treat all the diseases that were caused by all the stuff they sold you at the front of the store. Great. Yep. It's very, very interesting. You walk into CVS or Walgreens, and the first thing they have is a bunch of nonsense junk. Chips, candy. Cookies, all processed junk, blue dye Takis. Mmm, yummy. All the foods that have these trans fats and, you know, poly whatever. I mean, the, the things that the body really should not have in it. 
that create the diseases. And then in the back of the store has all the medications by big pharma that helps uh, curb these diseases. You see the, the, the vicious cycle here? <laughs> it's no wonder why the Food and Drug Administration are one in the government. You ever wondered that? Why is the Food and Drug Administration one department? Why isn't it the, uh, the Food and Farmers Administration and then the Drug and Medical Association or something like that? No, it's the Food and Drug Administration because one gets you sick, the other one keeps you sick but curbs the... Um, your uh what, what's the word i'm looking for your uh your your side effects right it masks the side effects it doesn't fix the problem it's a big money making scheme for these people speaking of schemes get a load of this they i can't remember who it was on fox i just can't remember what his name is now not uh tucker but um you guys will remember you guys will recognize the voice but check this out but we're on to something big here, and it affects all of you. It's the food pyramid, which turns out is a pyramid scheme. Big food has been buying off scientists to study some of their unhealthiest products and recommend them as a crucial part of a healthy diet. So now we have a brand new food pyramid where frosted mini wheats are healthier than grilled chicken, I swear. Primetime decided to dig into this little study today, and it was done by researchers at Tufts University, a safety school, and paid for by Fauci's cabal over at the NIH, the so-called National Institute of Health. Nah. It claims that foods we thought were healthy, like meat and eggs, are terrible for us and recommends replacing them with junk food manufactured by America's largest food conglomerates. See where this is going? According to these new recommendations, we should moderate our consumption of eggs, cheese, ground beef, and rice, and replace them with foods that are more profitable for the food industry, like frosted mini-wheats, cocoa puffs, covered almonds, and peppermint lattes. What about clean, healthy proteins like chicken, beef, and shrimp? We'll want us to cut back on that. Cocoa puffs are just as healthier than lean protein. Now the government won't tell you this, but most of these junky foods they're pushing also just happen to qualify for food stamps. And you can't buy healthy food with food stamps, but you can buy as many chocolate-covered almonds as you want. And so the guys over at General Mills and Kellogg's hear this, and they know their money for studies at Tufts and grants to Dr. Fauci have paid off. So did they put these scientists up to it? And... What about the NIH? Did they sign off on this? Did Fauci? They won't comment. Tufts won't comment. NIH won't comment. Rich companies are paying for fake science so they can get richer and you can get fatter and the government is in on it. And it's working nearly everywhere. Every school, hospital, prison cafeteria, they all get the same stuff and the same guidance, and it's not gonna end here. Soon, we're all gonna be eating frosted mini-wheats for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What could go wrong? Nina Techholtz is a science journalist and author of The Big Fat Surprise. Are you shocked by this? Yes, I, I mean, I think anybody can recognize nah, that. I'm not, I'm not gonna be eating uh, frosted mini-wheats or any of that crap, no thanks. No thanks. But this is what they do. This is how they make their money. And not only do they make their money by keeping us sick and in a state of dis-ease, think about that word for a minute, dis-ease, disease, dis-ease. I know you guys have seen that. Okay, but the junk food keeps us stupid. Seriously, it rots your brain. And you know, you're right, Oscar. I'm surprised they didn't have bugs in this pyramid food, you know, this food pyramid scheme, you'll eat the crickets. Mmm, yummy, yummy. Crunch, crunch, crunch. Gotta get your protein somewhere. I like it. Frosted crickets. Hard pass. Come on. If you were starving, you know you would eat a frosted mini cricket. I think I'd rather pick up a handful of dirt and put that in my, my mouth before I eat uh, frosted crickets. 
<laughs> Destry says I'm not a chicken. <laughs> oh man. Whenever I, I, I see that, I think of that movie. Uh, this is a complete sidebar. I think of that movie, Back to the Future. What's the matter, McFly? Are you chicken? <laughs> it's a classic movie. Unfortunately, my wife doesn't share the same joy in that series of movies, Back to the Future. I kind of want to get those movies now. Anyway, now here's something else. Now this, I, I, if this isn't a wake-up call for people, I don't know what is. We are just getting word of this now. Regarding the COVID vaccine, the CDC is now saying that there has been enough cases of people who have had the vaccine, received the vaccine, and then suffered a stroke. The agency will now be investigating any potential links between the shots and the strokes in some of those patients. And we are. Well, no crap. So the CDC is starting to figure out that there is a link between the COVID shots and stroke. Well, they're missing about, I don't know, 500 other freaking uh, diseases and, and things that occur from that. Heart attacks. Cart, uh, what is it? Uh, myocarditis, periocarditis. Come on. It's not just stroke. You're telling me all these little kids? In elementary school, these these fit athletes in college and professional, you know, sports, these people are just dropping dead because they're working their heart too hard. Come on, get out of here. I'm not going to sit here and say that all of them are because of the shot, but it's it's a pretty big kawinky dink if you ask me that all these people are starting to drop dead. Healthy people, young people, of strokes and arrest heart attacks all this other stuff and 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 these funeral homes are finding these bizarre larger than typical you know larger than normal blood clots in these cadavers you know in these bodies these cadavers as they're embalming them come on come on the government is not our friend The FDA does not have the best interest of the health of the people. There's a reason why there is a myriad, and my wife has to educate me on this. There is a lot of foods and candy, uh, and a lot of foods and uh, a lot of different things that that are sold here that are not sold in Europe. In fact, I just saw a video yesterday about uh, there was a guy shopping at a Walmart in Mexico, and he was strolling down the the grocery uh, the um, hmm, the cereal aisle. That's what it was, the cereal aisle. Now, the, speaking of frosted, you know, flakes, what iconic um, uh, symbol has been on that cereal box? Right, Tony the Tiger. They're great. Yeah, great to get you in the hospital and pilfer all your money out of your pockets. Down in Mexico, they don't have the tiger on that box to try to influence kids. In fact, not only did they eliminate the tiger off of that box, but they actually have warnings on there explaining what's in that cereal that could actually affect your health in a very poor, negative way. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very interesting. Wow, that's interesting. I was just reading the chat here. Destry was saying Costco in Alaska has no eggs. Fred Meyer is limiting two dozen per customer. Two dozen per customer, man. I would blast that in like a couple, couple few days. That sucks. So here's something else that I kind of wanted to get into and read. So from Dr. Mercola's book, Effortless Healing, very good book. One thing that I've been doing that seems to be excellent and helps me out, walking barefoot outside. There is something about walking barefoot in your grass or in sand or at the beach 
Now, I'm going to read something here. This is, again, from the book uh, Effortless Healing, Dr. Joseph Mercola, in a section where it talks about walking barefoot. And this is what it says. When was the last time that you kicked off your shoes and reveled in feeling the earth under your feet? Has it been a while? It may sound hard to believe, but engaging in this simple pleasure can be powerful, health-promoting activity. This startling, startling realization is just beginning to gather scientific momentum. In a 2012 review of the research on the health benefits of connecting the human body to the ground, which is known by the term of grounding or earthing, published in the Journal of Environmental and Public Health, found that grounding has been shown to improve quality of sleep and feelings of restfulness upon waking, significantly reducing muscle stiffness and chronic pain, I could attest to that. Regulating the secretion of cortisol, which is a stress hormone, so that it adheres to a typical cycle of peaking in the morning and dipping lowest at midnight, promoting more restful sleep, regulating body sugar levels and appetite, and contributing to weight control. Balances the autonomic, auton, um, the autonomic, gosh, I can't even say that, the autonomic nervous system by stimulating the per, uh, the per, the parasympathetic nervous system, which rules the rest and digest functions of the body and quieting the sympathetic nervous system, which cues the fight or flight response. Boy, these are some big $5 words that I'm having a hard time with. <laughs> it reduces the severity of inflammation, uh, inflammatory response after intense workouts. It raises heart rate, very, um, variability your heart's ability to respond to stimuli and alter the pace of its uh, beating. And anytime you improve heart rate uh, variability, you shift into health mode as opposed to disease mode. And then you thin your blood by imparting your red blood cells with a stronger negative electrical charge on the surface, improving their ability to repel each other and to flow through the tiny capillaries. This is incredibly valuable as virtually every aspect of cardiovascular disease has been correlated with thicker, slow flowing blood. And this blood thinning effect is so profound that if you are taking a blood thinner, you should consult your doctor before you start grounding regularly and monitor your medication dosage carefully. Your doctor may be able to adjust it. Now, how can something so simple have such a profound health benefit? Walking barefoot outside with the soles of your feet free to the mesh with the surface of the earth is one such case. Now, what makes earthing or grounding walking barefoot outside so powerful? It creates a direct connection between your body and the earth, which is not only a simple pleasure, but can serve to actually make you healthier. I believe, now I'm done reading from the book here, but the reason I picked that part of the book is because I do that I try to do it regularly. It's a little harder in the wintertime, um, but now that there's no snow, I try to do that now. It's a little cold on the tootsies, but I at least try to do 15 minutes. Again, 15 minutes. <clears throat> and I got to honestly say, it really does help. Grounding is so amazing. I have noticed that my fatigue levels and my tiredness significantly increase on the net, you know, in my next work day, if I don't ground for at least 15 minutes in the previous day, like today, I haven't really had a chance to, because I actually, uh, it's been raining all day. And quite frankly, I've been working in the rain and I have a chill in my bone and I quite frankly, just don't feel like going outside right now. So I haven't grounded today, but I got to tell you the evenings that I do go outside and put my bare feet in the ground and I, you know, on, on the, on the grass and I just stand out there for 15 minutes. I, I try to keep my phone away from me. And then I put a, um, a timer. We have a little timer, uh, old school timer where you wind it and then does that old fashioned bell sound, you know, I do it for 15 minutes. And then once it co you know, goes and I come back inside, put my socks on and carry on. And man, the next day I feel so much better. It's amazing. So what did we learn here today? Eggs are good for you, even though you need to be 
pretty much Richard Branson or, you know, Donald Trump to afford them right now. Um, but eggs is like the superfood of all superfoods. All right. It's packed with so many vitamins and nutrients. I mean, basically everything that creates life. All right. Connecting with the earth is so vitally important. Walking barefoot. Why do you think when you go on vacation and it's typically, you know, if it's a you know destination like at a cabin or a beach, somewhere where you typically will have your feet, you know, your shoes off, right? And you're walking on the earth, predominantly on your vacation. Why is it that you feel so refreshed when you get back? It's because little did you know, you were grounding and didn't even know it. There is so much that they have hidden from us. So many, so much propaganda that they pushed out our way. And again, for what? To get us fat, to get us stupid, to get us sick so they can pump us full of medications, get us in the medical system and be a repeat customer so they continuously profit off of our sickness and our ignorance. But I think people are starting to really wake up. People are really starting to wake up. So we got a long ways to go, ladies and gentlemen. Just like I said yesterday after the reading on Isaiah chapter 49, you know, just because we reach a restoration point or we hit a point where it's like, whew, I'm glad we got past this point. Remember, what seems to be the end of a journey is just another beginning. We're never going to reach a destination. This life is not about reaching a destination. It's about continuing on a, a journey of better health, continued cultivation of friendships and relationships with your spouse, with your children, with other family members and friends. Helping other people reach God and how, you know teaching others how to invite Jesus into their hearts. How to invite God in the household, in the marriage, so you can strong family. We got to continue this educating process. The whole reason why we don't have our assemblies or enough people in them is because people have a lack of knowledge. And it's not just a lack of knowledge in history and a lack of knowledge of our founding documents, but Unfortunately, there's a lot of BS people out there pushing some BS garbage knowledge out there, which isn't knowledge at all. It's just, you know, it's fluff. It's crap. Just to create confusion and muddy the waters. So, again, I'm not saying I have it right all the time over here. But what I am saying is that what we try to do here at His Heart Line Again, we keep it God first, family comes second, and then the subsection of family is keeping a, you know, a strong body temple, staying healthy. And country third, which that subsection of country would be assemblies and how we restore this republic. Those are the three priorities of this show. Continued knowledge, continued education, but I need your help to share this podcast far and wide have, share the website, share the podcast, share the TikTok, share the Truth Social and the Telegram channels that I'm on. I believe I'm at 48,000 downloads. It will be exactly one year, February 2nd, since the inception of this podcast. Please share this far and wide. My goal is to hit 50,000 downloads before February 2nd. And then a year from February 2nd, I would like to see 200,000 plus downloads and double the amount of you know subscribed listeners. So... I would like to see at least a thousand listeners subscribe to this channel. Now, with God, he might have something else in store. He might bring 8,000 subscribers here and might, you know, instead of 2,000, you know, 200,000 downloads, he might make it a million. I don't know what he's got in store, but that's just my expectation. That's what I'd like to see. But it's going to take your help. So I need your help, guys. Share this far and wide. I want to try to get 50,000 downloads for February 2nd. All right. We got to get this information out to people. People need to get the word of God. People need to 
start fortifying their families and create strong families again because Satan is on the move trying to destroy marriages and destroy the family. Why? Because they want to destroy a nation. They want to take down America from within. And this has been a long-standing plan for the enemy for quite some time. Not on our watch. That crap is not going to be successful. Not on our watch. So, let's say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the time together here. And we, we are blessed that you give us this platform to be able to share this information and to be able to you know pass it along to others. We ask that you guide us every inch of the way in this journey and help us realize that we are not trying to reach a destination. We're just trying to further enrich the journey that will always continue until you decide to call us home. So we just help, we ask that you help us in that, guide us and help us, you know, with discernment. And we pray that we continuously stay healthy because health is our first wealth. We can't do anything else. We can't, you know, praise you the way we need. Well, actually we probably could, but we can't, you know, focus on the family the way we need and restore a republic the way we need if we are sick and in a state of disease. So we ask for your help to keep us healthy, to keep giving us the guidance on where we need to go, what your natural medicine is, what your natural remedies are. May we get more in touch with nature and walk barefoot and connect with the earth and recharge our batteries and just keep bringing this information to us so we can apply it and we can share it with the rest of the world. And we just ask that you guide our thoughts, our words, and our actions. And we pray all of this in your Holy Son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen. So that is all I have for you guys today. <clears throat> and um, I really do appreciate you guys being here. I really, really do. And um, like I said, please help spread this podcast. In fact, yeah, one little last note, because, you know, this this actually happened. Destry just said the Contempt of the Constitution podcast that I did was wiped out from Podbean, but it has been reposted. And guess what? Believe it or not, it is still the most listened to podcast. It goes to show you how important the Contempt of the Constitution is. Now, what is that? Well, again, it's the first common law that has been written and put into enactment since 1861. It's the first common law since 1861. And just on, a, on to, to build a little bit on top of that for a moment, the podcasts that I had already done that are um, highlighted on my website on hishardline.com, I'm going to take those podcasts and take the audio and formulate and make a new show out of it, kind of give it just a, a better production behind it, you know, a little bit, you know, kind of modernize it a little bit. Um, because there are some things that I want to clean up in that, but I'm going to kind of revitalize those shows and then repost them. The old shows will still originally be there, but I want to just repost some of these and put a better production behind it. So, but yeah, the contempt of the constitution is still the most listened to. So please share this far and wide. I really would you know, appreciate that. So I hope wherever you're at in the world, I hope you all have a good day or you know, night. And remember we're firm. We're steadfast, we're uncompromising, and it's our duty to make sure that enemy does not cross that line. We need to hold the line, ladies and gentlemen, like, you know, Joshua 1, 9 states, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So have a blessed night, ladies and gentlemen, and we will be back here tomorrow, and we will continue the reading of the Constitution, Article 4. All right, God bless, ladies and gentlemen. Bye-bye. No longer can we rely on those same people in the media and politics who will say anything to keep our rigged system in place. Instead, we must choose to believe in America. History is watching us now. We don't have much time, but history is watching. It's waiting to see to the occasion and if we will show the whole world 
that America is still free and independent and strong. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I want to say thank you so much for tuning in here at His Heart Line. Really appreciate you. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family. Just copy the link, shoot it via text. You could share it on social media. I don't care if you got to put it up in smoke signals. Just get And don't forget to check out the website, www.hisharline.com. And join us here every single day. We operate six out of the seven days a week. And remember, as it states in Joshua 1.9, I command you, be strong and steadfast. Do not fear nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't forget, sovereignty itself is of course not subject to law, for it is the author and source of law. But in our system, while sovereign powers are delegated to the agencies of government, Sovereignty itself remains with the people by whom and for whom all government exists and acts. We'll see you back here next time.